Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, joined by my co-host and coach and just weightlifting all-star, Mr. Cornell George. How you doing, buddy? I am doing good, other than I there's some crickets going on in here, so I blasted a bunch of like aerosol air, uh, acetone <laughs> on them, and now the garage is like... Uh, it's it's hot boxed. So <laughs> if I say some funny things, <laughs> that might make what it is. might make for a good show. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. It might make for a good one. Um. Well, dude. Uh, big trip over the weekend. Yes, yeah. it was. So, some of the little things that were that made this trip interesting mm-hmm. is I did recently get uh, Tesla uh, yeah. for work because I was spending. I'm not exaggerating thousands of dollars a month on gas Mm -hmm. in my truck. Mm -hmm. And it just actually made financial sense to buy this car. Um, I put, so for people who don't know, I I've had it for about six weeks and I've put over 6,000 miles on it before this trip. Wow. So that's how much I drive and diesel right now in California. There's one place that I would never go to, but it is $7 and 29 cents a gallon. Holy crap, dude. So I get about 15 to 17 miles a gallon in my truck. You guys can do the math. How much (laughs) I actually (laughs) will be spending. So that's a lot of money, um, dude. Uh, that that is crazy, um, but uh, the you you did take the Tesla up there, didn't you? Yeah, so it was one of those kind of stressful kind of things where you you yeah. don't know what you don't know. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, normally you just fill up with gas and then you keep going, and mm-hmm. this is like you have to find a charger and you have to do this and you have to do that, and it really turned out it was not that big of a deal at all. Uh, they're all over your maps on your on your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the speed chargers, realistically, it's 20 minutes to to get you about 200 plus miles, 250 miles. Nice. Um, and if you think about when you get gas, it 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 generally takes about 20 minutes to get gas anyway because you yeah. you pull in, you start filling up, you go to the bathroom, other people go to the bathroom, you get snacks, you walk around, and it's going to be close to 20 minutes if you have other people in the car. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, I saw, uh, you know what I was thinking? I saw you post something on, uh, Instagram and it was like you guys in the car driving up there and it would dawn on me. I was like, you know what they should do? And now mind you, if they've already done this, then just, I'm just ignorant, but <laughs> you know how we have, they have like the, the portable, uh, battery packs for your phone. You could just pop on the back of your phone. You have some of those. Yep. Yep. They should have those for the Teslas. Like that would be pretty sweet, except for that would be a huge battery. That's the <laughs> hole underneath yeah, the car. I know. I I figured it was probably uh, an ignorant comment, but you know, um, how cool would that be? Just some magnet that you throw on your car and it just charges it. I don't know. I've yeah. always wondered why they don't. It doesn't charge as you drive, but that's. I'm sure there's some no, it, logic. It, it actually does. Oh, okay. Uh, the the brakes recharge. It's that one foot driving thing. Like oh. you almost don't have to use the brake unless it's an emergency. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think that I remember in that show Black Mirror, there mm-hmm. was a an electric car stop where they would just stop and then they could like pull out these big old batteries like the size of your leg and then pop them in and but if your social credit score was down, you couldn't get them <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So Dude, that that show is is dark in so many ways, but like every time it comes out with new episodes, I watch them. They're 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 interesting. I think I've only seen season one. Yeah. Um, there, there are some things that challenge a lot of challenge the mind on a lot of things. Um, (laughs) so, but, uh, that's cool, man. So drove the Tesla up, uh, carpooled with some people like, um, good road, road trips are always fun. You know, I always like the road trips. In fact, I think for, uh, masters nationals, we're going to drive to Reno, which we're excited about that. Um, AO2. So let's see how big was uh, how big was the team that go, went up there. I think it's it's one of those little complicated things because our gym is not only a, it's not a gym that you have to go there and you have to do their program. Right. It's it's training center as well. Yeah. So it's set up where, and I agree with with that. I I I think it's cool having like the one program idea, but at the same time. If you're not all showing up at the same time, like at a designated time and everyone's doing the exact same lift at the exact same time, it really doesn't matter if you're on the same program or not. Correct. Um, I agree with that. And so we had, I think, 11 people from our who at the gym who do the strength tank program, like the same one that I'm on. And they were all competing. Okay. And then there was two who are doing a different program from different coaches from around the country. And then there was three to five who lift at the strength tank, but are under SoCal. Ah, um, okay. So that's kind of like the, the mothership of our gym. Uh, a lot of the people who uh, go to our gym are under the SoCal name. So interesting. And, uh, <laughs> You, I mean, from what I, from what I've seen and there's been, there's been some stuff posted. I feel like there's probably stuff I'm missing, but I mean, everybody did fairly well. It looked like it was a good setup too. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot better than I was kind of expecting. The training hall was, of course, everyone always complains that the training hall is not big enough, but there (laughs) was, there was probably eight to 12 platforms. I didn't count them all, but. I never felt that there wasn't enough room. Nice. Um, I didn't, I think there was one session where I didn't have all the equipment that I needed because I let someone borrow my shoes. Uh, (laughs) But other than that, like I had all the equipment I could have needed for the entire thing. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, uh, yeah, it just looked like a really, a really good event. Um, And uh, from what I understand and have heard, uh, you thought it was out in, in full form. I have never seen it like this before. <laughs> they were, I have three friends who were blood tested in competition. Wow. I didn't know they could blood and, test at the location. Yeah, I mean, they can semen test if they would tell you to. Well, well, Kick in that case, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think they can do that. Yeah, I know, I know. I <laughs> that but, would be invasive. Um, no, it was from what I witnessed the, 
A sessions were three randoms plus podium. Okay. So, and an A session was between 12 and 16 people. So, wow. some of these sessions, half the people are being tested. And then the, the B's, D's, E's, and F's were, I believe, two to three randoms. And it was like, really? You're, you're testing that person? All right. That's, <laughs> it's random. Yeah. Do you think uh, there's any correlation between that and the fact that USAW's new president or CEO or whatever he is um, came from USADA? I didn't think about that, but there might be something. I don't know. I don't. The other part that was made it a lot more obvious mm-hmm. is in the training or no, in the competition hall, there was a woman's bathroom and a men's bathroom and the men's bathroom was closed for USADA. Oh, wow. And that was literally like the, all the platforms butted up to an office where USADA was set up and then the bathroom where they'd have to walk to. So I don't know if there's this many kind of going on normally, but it felt like just nonstop. People were half the people who were walking past you were being tested. That's crazy. So. That's an interesting. Uh, I don't know because I think oh the last national event I was at, I, there was I'm pretty sure there was only one uh, USADA rep, and he was. I mean, he was going around, and I saw him probably test or pull probably like out of the entire competition, maybe five or six people that when I was paying attention, obviously. Um, but I just remember only, I knew who he was and where he was. Um, and you could tell who he was, but he didn't, it's not like he had any counterparts or anything. And so that's, that, that was really interesting when you said that. I, I thought that was, uh, I wonder, I wonder what the agenda is there. I mean, obviously we know the agenda, but like, you know, sure. yeah. Well, there's a handful of people that I saw get tested where I was like, that guy's questionable. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to be that guy who's watching the sanctioned. Yeah. I just, I just thought about that. Start checking that out and see what happens. Seeing, seeing who gets popped. Um, so, okay. Well, you know, um, I guess, uh, you got any, any fun stories for the, from the, from the event? I have one. I don't know if I want to totally put it out there. So maybe I'll just keep the person's identity under wraps because okay. this person okay. hasn't posted that they've been injured. Okay. But I saw a guy that I've met a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, he's been uh, international team USA seven times. Oh, damn. I didn't know that, but I was just looking at Instagram and yeah. saw that a yeah. post that said seven time uh, team USA. Okay. And we're not talking about youth and junior stuff. It's like legit real <laughs> yeah, yeah. senior stuff. <laughs> I like that. Legit. <laughs> yep. And he has since, uh, he's not on a team that he used to be on and he started his own. Uh, he moved across the country and started his own small club. Okay. So I just saw him in the training hall, uh, Sunday, Saturday morning. Yeah. And I just walked up to him like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. And he's like, I don't know you. Or he just goes, of course, how could I forget the people's master? I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel so flattered. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so I ended up lifting with him. Nothing too heavy. But I just asked if he wanted me to 
sometimes it's good to have someone lift on the platform with you. He was competing that evening. Yeah. And just to have someone that you can work in and out with and you're not just sitting there and waiting around and that type of a thing. So we just worked up to 90 kilos in the snatch and hit it for like five singles and then 120 in the clean and jerk, hit that for like three or four. Right. Um, and then when I was packing up, getting ready to go, because I had a session that was about to start, I just said, hey, I know how it goes when you're a coach and you're like you're the big coach at the gym of a small gym. You might not have someone to to help you out if you need any help. Like, what time is your session? I don't think. And then he told me, I said, I don't have anyone going on at that time. Yeah. If you need any help, I'd love to help. I can keep you on track. I can buy you as much time as you need. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So he was like, oh, that would be awesome. I don't have anybody. Oh, like, dang. Okay. okay. So I uh, ended up running his entire session. Literally, it was probably one of it's, – it's nice when you have somebody who knows what they're doing, meaning this person, mm-hmm. and then me who's been doing this long enough to kind of have a decent idea what I'm doing. Yeah, And yeah. it just worked out really well. Um, he actually thanked me uh, multiple times and he said that I was one of the best card counters, but also like part of your job when you're in that situation, this was a session, Yeah, uh, is you have to guard your athlete regardless of who they are. Ah. And we were in a, in a, on a platform that was very close to the, the, t- the TVs and everything. So lots of people were walking and trying to step on the platform to take a shortcut and that kind of a thing. So, yeah, yeah. uh, there was another kid there from, um, another gym and he was doing the, he was mainly doing the loading and I was doing the card counting, but then also helping with the loading. But then I told the kid, I'm like, Hey, this is where you need to stand and you need to make sure no one can, everyone knows not to pass you. Yeah. Um, and then I was on the opposite corner and not one person stepped on his platform and nobody got in his way and no distraction and that type of a thing. Nice. So, uh, but we, uh, got him into a real good position. He won the snatch made two out of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one was real close, uh, in between his snatches. Cause he followed himself. He was pushing four and a half minutes on a two minute clock. Okay. So just some of the stuff that people don't understand what to what I'm talking about is your your lot of declaration and then two changes after that. Mm-hmm. So the key is to make them pull those collars as many times as possible. Because that that so, that gives you more time, right? That gives you more time. Okay. So we had one collar pull, and then uh, we had a second collar pull where they had, so if they're putting on reds, like little reds or the big whites, they have to pull collars yeah, yeah. or if they're changing plates. Okay. So between his first and second, I got two collar pulls. And then between his second and third, I got two collar pulls. Hmm. And then nice. hearing him talking about the weights he wanted, he knew what he was, he made the jumps based on that as well. But then he also trusted me to to get it done with the right in the right way nice uh and then clean jerks it was a little some of the guys were a little stronger than nothing he expected but one of the good parts is i knew a couple of these people and i'm like this guy's gonna go this number this guy's gonna go here (laughs) and he ended up bumping up one extra kilo for his opener uh took the win actually yeah i'm just gonna say took the win yeah uh and then for his final lift, he made a massive jump that 
everyone thought was crazy. And I just said, you know what? It's not my job to tell you what you can and can't do. Yeah. It's my job to tell you, you, if you think you can do this, you can do this. Right. And I didn't give him one bit of doubt that he could make this jump. Uh, 22 kilo jump. Holy. Cleaned the crap out of it. Like I was in my head. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to make this. <laughs> I hope he does. Yeah. Right. But he also told me like, if I don't make the, I want to make the, the clean. If I don't make the jerk, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I watched him clean it and it looked like 80%. It looked so easy. Damn. And then he stood it up, stood there for, in my opinion, I like to stand it up, count to three, dip, dip and go. Yep. Uh, He probably stood there for close to 10 seconds, started the dip and his quad tendon ruptured and he just dropped and that bar crushed him. Oh my God. And immediately like ran up on stage everyone else ran up on stage and it was it was a pretty bad situation especially being like 10 feet away and watching the whole thing go down and yeah uh then once the the medical got there they were all running and i was like well there's no point in me being up here so i grabbed the kid who was doing the loading i'm like let's get all this stuff let's put it together let's he's not coming back here yeah so we got it all then i went out went back into medical with him and then all these people were coming up to me and asking me all these questions and they're like, you're the coach, right? I'm like, for like the last hour and 15 minutes, I'm like, I don't, I don't have any of the answers you're going to want to know. Right. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, uh, hope is, uh, his injury, uh, I mean, man, I just, I just wish for the best on that because that's never a good situation. I, you know, you know, there's something, I got to word this properly so it doesn't sound like I'm being an ass. But there's something I really respect about the way um, the weightlifting community uh, treats an injury. And I didn't know that this happened, um, but I saw an injury at uh, an event that actually you and I were at in Reno. And mm-hmm. when somebody gets hurt, hurt on stage or on the platform, people uh, draw a wall or like basically form a wall up there. Yep. To guard him. And I thought that that was so freaking cool on like just just the, the the type of respect that you have for the person that's lifting to like, you know, give them some privacy. Because like, you know, I, I guess I relate it back to like, you know, in football where it's just like somebody's down and you got a medical person down there and you got cameras on you or you're, you know, everybody's watching what's going on, you know, like there's no privacy there, but like, it's really neat to see the community, like all come together, form a line, block people from seeing what's going on and, you know, get it all taken care of. And, uh, I kind of like that about the, the community of weightlifting. That's neat. Yeah, I definitely do. It was, I have also been told, but I haven't seen it. Uh, if a bad injury happens, like, I don't know if you heard, but Brian Reisenhower, I think that's his name. Okay. He's a, a little, little guy lifter. Yeah. Uh, he was at worlds and he, he snapped his elbow. Oh, awesome. um, so they did say that is a career ending injury, which is a real bummer. Yeah. Uh, but they said, or from what I've been told is that has been pulled from the live stream that you could like buy. Oh, that's great. So they, yeah. they pull a lot of those like things that kind of everybody's like kind of wants to see, but not yeah. for the right reasons. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, uh, the old school movie uh, or what was that? The old school show. I don't even know if it was a movie or a faces of death. <laughs> okay. Did you ever hear about that stuff? 
No. No, man. So when I was growing up, there was this like compilation. It was like a compilation movie, like DVD or VHS that you could buy. And it's called Faces of Death. And it's like all the injuries and really witchcrafty type people like breaking shit, arms, eye sockets popping out, like stuff like that, like stuff that you just never see, but it was on a video. And I just remember like going, like going over to a friend's house <laughs> to like stay I the night. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. Like, and they, my old roommates were watching it. I'm like, I don't want to see this. No, it's horrible. It's like the worst thing ever, especially for a kid to be watching. And I just remember watching it and just being like, I never want to watch that again. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> gruesome on gruesome, but now that's cool that they pull that out. I know that there's probably some things that um, would be uh, funny to watch. Not anybody getting injured, but like maybe like a, a poop on the stage or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I still I've still looked for that one and I can't I can't find it. So, um, man, that well that that experience right there uh, sounds really cool. And I wrote down something as you were talking about it, and it's a question that popped up actually over the weekend which was it's nothing that I've actually experienced in a, an elite in a, or an actual a meet, but it's something that you talk about a lot, which is the, the idea or the, when you train or when you compete, you have to follow yourself because you're always lifting at the top. And mm-hmm. so is there ever like, do you, do you miss having people lift ahead of you or is it an advantage? Like talk about that a little bit, because to me, um, I feel like for me, it might be a disadvantage, but then I guess if I was doing it for long enough, I'd be like, okay, I like this cause I can lift, you know, not at my own pace, but like, I don't have anybody to worry about, but like try to kind of talk about that because I, I think that I would miss the competition level of having people around me lifting before and after. Um, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm off. So I have seen it be a real issue for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I think it has to do with. One of the things that my buddy Josh, not the Josh, I, I, you might have met this Josh. He's the one of the coaches at Strength Tank. Okay, him and I had some like we were in the car together for sixteen hours. And yeah, yeah, I met him. We'd never, we'd never be, had alone time together, <laughs> like other than at, I mean, just being at the gym. So like we actually got to talk about so much stuff. Nice. And he he kind of brought that up where the first. Like you make your opener, you're good. You make your second lift, you're a little tired, but you're generally good. And it's a lot of times the people who they can't make their third because it's three in a row. Right. Um, and what I told him is it has to do with I'm a I'm a very big believer and you need to take responsibility and you need to take control of your program and how you deal with your program. Yeah. And a lot of coaches don't necessarily understand what a d session is like at one of these meets right uh we took one guy he opened at 88 and went wanted to go to 92 and so he took 88 obviously he's not going to take nine or 89 or 90 right uh and then there was 14 lifts between his 88 and 92 holy crap and if he would have gone to uh, if he would have gone to 91, he right. would have been in the exact same time frame because wow. he was the the latest lifter uh, and he it would have been his second or third attempt and no one else had lifted yet. Yeah. Yeah. So what I always tell people is like, 
when if you're going to go to one of these meets, if uh, I talked to I talked to Rob Blackwell as well when yeah. I was out there, and I I got a pretty fun session with him. Nice. And he said that one of the things that he tells his newer athletes is if you don't ever want to have to deal with this again, make sure you 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 don't be you make sure you're not a D session lifter. You yeah. want to be an A session lifter. Yep, I agree. And with that. it's not the easiest thing to do, but it's also something that you can strive for. Yeah. But I. I know that if I'm going to be in that situation, I have to be training in waves. So my final peak couple of weeks is instead of just going up and hitting an opener and waiting two minutes and hitting another lift and then waiting two minutes and hitting another lift, you're going to go up, hit your opener. Then you're going to wave down uh, 10, 15 kilos and you're going to hit that. And then you're going to come up again. And then you're going to, you, you have to get two, at least one, maybe two lifts between uh, your opener and your second attempt. And then the same thing. So it's not three lifts. You have to be in the kind of condition where you're going to hit potentially like six lifts. Mm, I see. So interesting. So that is definitely one thing that in different competitions, there's just different things you have to deal with. Yeah. For, for me, I train in a way like if I know that I'm going to probably be following myself, um, I train in a way where I, I'm on a no more than two minute clock. So I make sure that my last three weeks when I'm hitting heavy, heavy days, I am always on like a 90 second clock to chalk up and I have to pull within two minutes. Yeah. So that way I'm kind of, I'm very conditioned and ready for that. And then I know you said something about like not having the competition of going back and forth. Yeah. The, the thing that you get that's – you might not have the competition, but you have every single person in the crowd and every lifter who's not lifting anymore, you have their attention. Ah. So that's where you can really get much – I get much more fed and hyped up for knowing that, like, everyone's here to see this. Yeah. So this is, like, I don't need to – I. I'm not trying to sound cocky, but like I'm not competing with anybody else in these competitions. Right. Like at a, at a local meet, I'm for the most part, not competing with anybody. I'm trying to beat myself. Yeah. So that makes and sense. And when you have potentially a hundred people all like staring at you and like cheering you on and you all your team and everybody, like everybody's there to see it. That gives you so much more than going back and forth with someone. I really like that because um, it really takes uh, what we're, I guess, what we're fed about this sport. And, you know, it's always, it's like, this is an individual sport, not a team sport, but then you're on a team. And then, but like that really um, drills it down to like, it is an individual sport. And when you get to that point, and I'm just going to say this, uh, maybe not hypothetically, but just like loosely, but when you get to the top and you get to lift at the, at the very last person, uh, in the session, a session, um, then that, I guess that really, um, uh, accentuates the fact that it is an individual sport and you need to have, that's where people talk about having that mental game. Because like for me, when I have somebody like lifting in between me, I'm like, I'll feed off that. Right. But if I don't have sure. that, then I'm like, well, I'm feeding off whatever I'm doing. Or like you said, feeding off the crowd, which I, I like that as well, because, um, 
you know, we t we've talked about it plenty of times and we've heard other people say it, but like the environment is everything. Um, good example of that. Like uh, I took Damon to Rose City last night and uh, first time Damon's been there and the music was pumping. We had part of uh, Joe Beck's team there lifting next to us uh, and we were following program, but like Damon hit numbers that he hasn't hit in almost a year. Like, and he, he's looking at me like, I don't know where that came from, but like, let's come here more often. And I was like, yeah, I go, it's much different than the garage. And, uh, but that now take that and times it by a hundred at a meet where you're the last person, everybody's watching you. You're, you're getting the loudest cheers, dude. That, I mean, that kind of gives me goosebumps. Like that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's definitely fun. And like how, like when I was saying that when I was talking to Josh and he said, like, I've seen so many people miss a third attempt when they have to follow themselves for all three. Yeah. If you're in the right condition, um, the last meet that I did at the Maverick meet, um, I followed myself. We had not only a weight change, but we had, uh, we had collar or a, a big weight change. Mm -hmm. We went from, 65 which is two reds a big blue and a collar to 70 which is we pulled the pulled the collars and put the reds on the inside and then put the collars back then we went to 73 i believe mm -hmm. so they had to tighten everything up and then we went to 75 which is pull the blues off put the big three big reds on and then the collars and they could have bought me another probably 90 seconds. Yeah. And my coach said, like, all right, we, we probably have about another 90 seconds. And I said, I'm ready now. Yeah. And then I just walked up to the table and I, I called my own number and I said 175. And that meant that I have about 20 seconds before they're done. And I was like, I don't need to wait. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm I'm in the condition that. I've prepared for. So, yeah, I think that that you make a good point there. Like, and I think you said it at the very beginning is like, you need to take control of your training, uh, because of situations like that. Like I'm the kind of the same way. Like I feel that if I have too much time to sit, like I'm going to lose it. And so like, yeah. let's, let's use that. If it's ready, let's go, let's go, let's do it. And I guess that gets, that's where the, the, the phrase, when people say you're lifting on somebody else's time, uh, it really comes into play when you're not uh, the top of the A session lifting the biggest weights, you know, um, because yeah. yeah, then you are, you're getting p pushed around. People are playing with your numbers and uh, you do have to wait. I think the longest I've ever waited is like, waited is like nine minutes and it didn't mm -hmm. really affect me. And I do, I do the same thing. And I've talked to you about this before uh, off, you know, off the show, but like lifting alone in a garage, like, uh, the distraction that can happen <laughs> is, is highly likely. <laughs> and then you yeah. got, you know, you had kids and a family and all that. But, um, so what I do is I make my lift, I put my, uh, the next set of weights on, and then I go sit down and I tell my phone to set a timer for one minute. And then when that timer goes off, I'm back up. And I just kind of do that through the whole system. Um, maybe as I get to the top sets, if I'm going 90, 90% plus, I'll say a minute, 20 seconds, but like, um, I really like to focus on keeping a consistent time in between, but also pushing 
um, a little bit and, and minimizing the time that I have to rest. So I have a better endurance, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. and that, and so like what you, when you said that, like, yeah, I just walked up to the table and said, let's go right now. Like that makes complete sense because I, I, I think it's not my endurance personally or other people that I've talked to. It's, the, it's the mind game of like sitting there waiting and like waiting and waiting. I just want to lift. Dude. I mean, just, let me just lift the fucking bar. I don't know. Um, I think that was also part of it for my last lift yeah. is like, I was starting to feel the adrenaline come down Yeah, and I was like, no, I got to keep it going. <laughs> so, well, I, I, yeah, there's nothing like that kind of ad- adrenaline rush too. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, oh, let's see. Have okay. <laughs> this is such a dumb question. <laughs> you haven't always been at the top, right? Like you've yeah. you you've lifted in the middle of the pack, and maybe yeah, not, sure. and maybe not in an A session. I'm just <laughs> guessing here because I'll, ever since I've ever known you, you've always been A session at the top. So, um, was there anything you liked about that particularly? Being at the top or being in the no middle? being in the middle. Uh, being in the middle is a lot more that you have to trust someone else that they know what they're doing. Ah, that's good. Um, yep. I don't, I, I don't really like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a control freak. Um, Aren't we all though? I did do, sorry, there's like mosquitoes flying around here so <laughs> no one else can see it, but I'm like, being I, like King Kong I see right you now. like waving your arms. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Trying to tell me something? Um, no, when I the the first big meet that I did was Masters Nationals, and I was not at the top, but I was very close. Yeah, um, I think that the entry was like two twenty, and I finished with like a two seventy three or something. Okay, uh, I think I went twenty no two seven. I went like twenty eight fifty something like that. Okay, so and that was. I think I was one of the last snatchers, but then there was like three or four clean and jerks after me. So, I mean, if there's three or four after you, that means that the other three, you were in the mix for everything else. Nice. Uh, but then the next big meet that I did was American open three back when they had three of them. <laughs> and I was, I was right on the cusp of a or B. Mm-hmm. So my buddy Nick was, he was the very, we were both on the cusp and we would have had to lift at the same time on different platforms. So instead of me, I, instead of me getting a big ego and being like, I want to be a session, I just left myself in B. Uh, he was able to run my cards and I was able to run his. That's perfect. And uh, because I was on the cusp, I was still the last lifter. Yeah. So I think it has a lot to do with being the last lifter instead of just being any lifter but i mean i think in the b session you can be the last lifter and they'll probably be the biggest spread between that before a and then but if you're in like a d session i remember there was an opener the opening snatch at uh at the las vegas meet ao3 mm-hmm. for one of my friends was 90 kilos and the the last opener was 95 and there was 14 people in the session and then the final snatch was 101. Wow. So there was 
40-ish, <laughs> give or take, lifts between Yeah, I was doing the math. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I can't even imagine that because I, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's actually like uh, strategic ways of doing this of like, you know, what if, I, mean, I guess there's no way to really find out what the, the list is before you uh, actually enroll in the, to the meet. But like, what if you put a lower total? I know there's the 20 kilo rule and all that. Um, well, the 20 is only for how low you can go. You can go up as high as you want. Oh, really? I you can put okay. in a 220 total and then open it 140, 160. Oh, shit. And just like <laughs> ruin everyone's lives. Yeah. <laughs> including the next sessions. I guess but. that's one way to do it, right? <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, uh, I usually stick to like whatever my last total was at my meet at the last meet I did. And that's kind of like the total I put on there. And, and, uh, that's usually served me pretty well because it gives me a, a number to hit. And I usually, I would say out of the like, t- uh, eight meets I've done, I've, there's only been one that I didn't, didn't make that and make that goal. So I don't know. Um, it's, it's always an interesting topic about the, the, the different, worlds you're in in a meet but you're all in the same meet doing the same thing and i i just find it fascinating to like kind of like pick your brain about like you know what what your world looks like lifting uh at you know being the last lifter lifting the most weights and i just it's like it gives it gives a person something to strive to because like that's the ultimate like way to control your stuff and to get out there and like uh, I mean, everybody feels success to a some le- certain level, but like you're hitting the top of your success. That's really neat. I kind of, I, kinda, I yeah, dig that. I, I kind of, I feel like that the phrase of like, you're lifting on someone else's time when you're at the end and you get to kind of control the clock a little bit more. Yeah. It's like, I'm lifting on your time, but I can, I can mess with it. I get to manipulate. Like, yeah. So even though the, you, you, you're allowed a certain amount of time, but you can, learn how to manipulate it where you can make that grow. That's cool. Um, all right. Switching gears here. I got to know, like I saw a couple different, uh, different posts about like what you guys were eating, but like, did you eat anything super cool? Like, was there any good stuff or was it just all kind of like quick, let's grab something and go. Well, we wanted pizza one of the nights. The, the <laughs> night after Ryan, he's one of the other owners and coaches at Strength Tank. Where right. he, after he competed, he had like an awesome session. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, he was just like, "I want pizza. Mm-hmm. I need pizza." And then I just looked at pizza, and there was a place, and it it said, "Gay Nineties Pizzeria." Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, "What?" And I was like, real? "You want to go to Gay Nineties?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "What's it, Gay Nineties?" I'm like, "It's a pizzeria." <laughs> So the hell I don't of know why it was called that, but they they tricked us into going, and um, pizza was not cheap, and <laughs> it, it really wasn't that good. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what you're saying. Was there like I mean, anything? It was just it oh, was God. so heavy. The yeah, dough. Yeah, there's um, there's a couple places up here that do that. That really like heavy dough. That's generally, and I'm I'm probably gonna guess that they're using one of two things in their dough recipe either milk or there's a place up here that uses lard in their recipe okay. and it just makes it like feel like a ton of bricks. It like, you know, when you've made like sourdough or something and it yeah. didn't rise, right? Yep. That's yep. what, that's what the dough felt like. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, and, you know, and it was forty five dollars a pizza. Oh, holy crap! <laughs> oh, wowie! I mean, you know, there's also the uh, and I come from a very snobby place of of pizza, but like you're you're making some really really good pizza in your pizza oven, so you're like. <laughs> Have you gotten to the point yet where you're like, I can make better than this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I still doesn't stop me from exploring. So the inside of this gay nineties place, what was there anything special about it, or was it just like a spe- like a just a different name? So it was a. I talked to this guy that uh, the other guys that I was there with, three guys when it's gay bar, gay nineties bar. <laughs> Uh, they were both like that, that dude was gay. He was hitting on you. I'm like, no, he was telling me about his kids and he was telling about his <laughs> nanny and like, he was gay. I'm like, I, I don't care. Um, but he was saying that that place was built back in prohibition. Oh, uh, it, so everything looked really old like that. And he said that there was tunnels underneath everything. Oh, crazy. Like from building to building so they could run booze. Yeah. So it, it was a pretty cool building. Nice. Um, but other than that, it was I mean, it was, it kind of had that saloon vibe on one side and then old school pizzeria on the other. Yeah. Um, lots of dark, uh, dark light and, uh, stained glass yeah. lights everywhere. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, and then this was just what, right outside of Sacramento, right? Yes. Probably closer to San Jose. I don't really know exactly where everything falls in line. A lot okay. of people flew into San Jose. San Jose. That was the closest airport. Okay. Interesting. I'm trying to think if there's anything around that area that I can think of that would be a fun place to eat, but I, I don't. I guess I don't know that area very well. So, the guy um, who is the the non-gay gay guy that I was talking to, he was telling me where to go, but I was like, we're not going to drive an hour away. Yeah, it's always when the locals like, oh, you have to go here, but but do I? Like, no, I don't. Yeah. No, no. Um, well, that's cool, man. You know, it sounded like you had a great time. Uh, it looked like you guys had a great time and you know, there's just th- those kind of weekends are, are irreplaceable. You know, you get to see people, you get to talk to people, you, you know, only maybe see on Instagram. I think you were saying there's some, there were going to be people there that like you've talked to on, on the social medias, but like never yeah, talked I was to, able to meet uh, this one guy, Keith, uh, Keith I think Miller. Yeah. Like. He did the squat I, I was thing. walking up and he, it was one of those funny things where I always can recognize people by, I, if they have a very unique shoe, I can okay. recognize them. Okay. And he's got those bright freaking orange ROM fours. Oh, and I walk oh, up nice. and I, I see him sitting next to uh, one of my friends and I'm like, it's Keith. And he's <laughs> like, it's Cornell. Nice. So that was nice. pretty cool. That's cool. But then when I saw him again, he was in like normal clothes and I had no idea who he was. <laughs> oh, that's good. I recognize you by your lifters and that's it. So I'll take them off. I don't know who you are. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's awesome, dude. Um, we're hitting about uh, 42 minutes. You know, uh, I just, I think this was a good, good show to recap your, your weekend and talk about uh, the numbers. Uh I I'm just by hearing what you're talking about. It makes me even more excited that you're coming up here to, to hang out and, and help out with the meetup here. And, uh, I, you know, I can't wait to see you guys and, uh, all that stuff. So, uh, I don't know. You got anything else? 
Uh, all I know is this meet got me a little bit more fired up and motivated. Oh, and what? So <laughs> I can. haven't lifted, not that I really lifted in my garage today, but I have had no desire to do anything in my garage other than sell all my equipment and not <laughs> do it in here. Right. Uh, but I did load up a tiny bit of weight and like, as a little background of today, like I had some rib and lat issues the past couple of weeks that have just been making this rib want to pop out all the time. Yep. And I got a real hardcore, deep athletic massage today. And so I knew that I didn't want to go heavy or I didn't want to do anything realistically to mess with that because my body right now is in that like uh, fix itself mode. Yeah, totally. Um, but I went out here and hit like five sets of five at 50 kilos in the squat. And I mean, I could feel the massage when I was doing it. So I think that was a good place to stop at, but it also felt really good just to like crank out some light squats. Yeah, no, I mean, it's always an event like that, that kind of like re sparks your interest. Um, I kind of had that when I was helping Donald at WSO, I was like, Oh man, I need to get going on something. And, you know, it, it just kind of pumped me up a little bit. But, like, are, are you actually saying that you might be competing again sometime soon? <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like this year is almost over. It's, yeah. It's yeah. funny because it's not almost no, over. No, I know. It is in my the head. <laughs> meets, the meets that are available right now are just, I feel like, a little too soon. Yeah. There's AO Finals that's beginning of December. Then there's the the Onyx meet at SoCal that is, like, the week after. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, there's a couple local stuff, like, in three or four weeks. And I'm like, I'm not going to be in any condition for that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um. So, who knows? We'll see. Oh, but we'll, we'll keep it open. I at least got... Yeah, I, I'm I'm more in the mindset of like I'm ready to get back to the grind. Yeah, and to get to get back to um, like going into the gym four days a week. Yeah, and actually doing what I'm supposed to do and that type of a thing. It was a little bit hard because I finished that last meet and they got plopped like six weeks out from AO finals. So. I'm like broken inside or physically <laughs> and then I'm just getting plopped right to like a week and a half before the, the peak starts. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm uh, I, what am I? I'm uh, technically five weeks out now and uh, I'm getting into that grind as we speak, not quite peaking yet, but it's, I can feel it coming. Yeah. Like, I mean, I put up, uh, I don't know what it was yesterday. I snatched a hundred kilos and it felt like 80 kilos and it was just like, I can't wait, dude. <laughs> I, yeah. can't, I can't wait. <laughs> um, I just got to keep myself injury free. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the one thing. All right, dude. Well, um, thanks. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for talking about the, the, the meat. And, uh, I'm glad we got a show in this week. Glad you got some rest. Yeah. I wasn't going to be like a tyrant and be like, no, we're podcasting. You would have said no. Pull Anyways. over, pull yeah. over in your car. <laughs> no. I'll connect it to your phone. We'll do, we're doing it. <laughs> actually, that might've been fun with everybody in the car too. <laughs> I don't know. That would have actually been kind of cool. Yeah. We should, we should try that. Next yeah. Time. Next time. Exactly. All right, buddy. Well, um, I hope you have a great night. Uh, thanks again for, uh, sharing all the love on that. And, uh, yeah, everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye.